A teacher retirement wave is about to hit the country. Martin, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Uh, good evening, Songezo, and, and good evening to your, to your listeners. Let's have a chat about this. What do you mean by all of this, or what does this mean, and what are the implications more especially for the primary education system in the country? Um, we, um, to, I mean, to introduce this, um, it's useful to, to just acknowledge that, that um, demographics is, is like a silent kind of force that moves through society. We often uh, don't fully uh, um, appreciate how changes in, in, in ages, births, etc., uh, has has a longer term uh, impact on 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 society, and in this instance, we're looking at the uh, age structure of uh, teachers. And if you look at the demographics of teachers, if you look at at, at where uh, the 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 age bulge is, it's very clear that uh, many teachers are going to be le- le- leaving the schooling system um, over the next ten years. Uh, it's an exceptionally large bulge of teachers, and uh, this has a number of implications. It, firstly, it means that we will have to accelerate the, the graduation of younger teachers from universities to replace teachers who are retiring. Specifically, it looks uh, like universities will need to double um, the output of new teachers between now and 2030, but thereafter they will actually have to decrease the output because that wave of retirements will eventually leave the system and, and, and there will be some stabilization in the demand for teachers. So one of the implications then is that there will be, well, fir- firstly, more, more opportunities to become a teacher amongst the young uh, we will need to make sure that we have the right incentives and uh, grants, etc., to train enough teacher and, of course, capacity in the university sector. So that's one uh, implication. Another implication is that we will see the average age of educators decline as these younger educators move in, and that changes the nature of schooling um, more younger teachers, it could uh, impact on, on, on just the outlook of, of the teaching profession. Um, and that, in, that also has an implication for teacher pay. As, as I point out in this article in the conversation, the, uh, of course, younger teachers enter on, on, on lower salary notches. And so a younger teaching force actually means that teachers are going to cost the system less which then creates some opportunity for uh, some budget space, possibly for employing more teachers, growing the workforce and and, and, and mm. uh, reducing class size. The most important conversation that I think appropriately so that we probably should have now is this. Is the teaching profession sufficiently attractive so that this wave that's going to take place between now and 2040 will be taken care of such that it doesn't have the type of impact it invariably will have if the necessary throughput isn't taking place. In other words, in the light of the changing economies of the world and the fact that 
employment spaces are far more fluid now than they have ever been before. The fact that South African teachers are attractive, attractive beyond South Africa, with, it can be said, better conditions of employment, including better pay outside the South African rand, the UAE Durham, for instance, US dollar, the euro, the pound. Where are these teachers going to come from? That's, of course, a very good question. It's not just about uh, the capacity to train teachers. It's about getting young people into that training. Um, and certainly there is, there, there, there is a risk that not enough people will be attracted. Um, not only is there that risk, there is also a risk associated with the output in grade 12. So we need... Uh, grade 12 results to improve in order for there to be enough people who are eligible for those university programs. So in, in a way, it's, it's, a, it's a cycle. So um, the, what comes into the teaching profession is to a large extent determined by what the teaching profession produces within uh, the schooling system. But, you know, it, it's the, the, the exact dynamics are always a bit unclear. Uh, for example, in a, in, a, in a context where there's uncertainty around the economy, te the teaching profession often becomes a, a profession of choice because um, it's, it's, in a sense, it's a job that will always be there. We will always need teachers. Uh, people are uncertain about whether certain occupations are going to continue to exist. And so teaching is a, a it may not be among the best paid professions, but it's certainly a profession that gives you uh, job stability. Let's ask the listeners at Songazomabekwe on Twitter. Otherwise, we would appreciate a call. Johannesburg 714-2006. A teacher retirement wave is about to hit the country where between now and 2040, a mass exodus of teachers in the profession will leave. South Africa's output in creating, well, South Africa's output in making sure that there isn't a void created by this wave is filled. It needs, at least according to Martin Gustafsson, two times the current rollout and throughput of teachers to enter the profession just to mitigate against that wave before again those numbers drop. Is South Africa friendly towards the teaching profession? All the changes, the developments, the more politicized space it is, certainly through unions, is this the rhetoric that becomes attractive to young people to take up teaching? is the fact that teaching competes with so many other jobs that are far easier because the teaching profession is not easy. Engaging with 30 different kids eight times in a day, given the how many periods they are, five times a week, it is an exacting profession, one of the highest and most noble of callings. The question then becomes, in this world, does it still have the kind of dignity that it once used to enjoy? I use these terms in the past tense because for what it's worth, and in my view, I do not think so. I hope I'm wrong. I certainly hope I'm wrong, and I could be wrong. The question therefore remains is what is the view in South African homes? Is your mother or father an ex-teacher? Are they near you? Give them the phone. We'd like to speak to them, please. After this very short break, Martin Gustafsson continues. Education economist at Stellenbosch University warning against a potential catastrophe when there aren't enough teachers teaching our kids.
Let's talk about the ugly side of teaching. Let's talk about the beautiful side of teaching. Let's talk about your memories of being a teacher, past and present. Let's talk about your memories of being a pupil before a teacher, whether you're a current pupil or a past pupil. Certainly everybody can relate with the teaching profession one way or the other. And I propose now, Martin, for us just to look at some of the issues that compound the South African teaching problem. Pick wherever you wish to start. Unions and their continued meddling. I use that word deliberately. Meddling in the teaching profession, one. Two, the fact that public schools, particularly your schools outside the Model C framework, your quintiles one, two, and some three, the public infrastructure for such schools is not good enough. Absolutely not good enough. What, a decade ago, Michael Gomabe drowned in a pit latrine toilet at school. Three, generally in consistency with the infrastructure, if you have a school, some kids in the Eastern Cape would appreciate just that. Many are under a tree or in cow or goat sheds or in dilapidated structures that are just one gust of wind away. And that does not at all, at all augur well for education, for the teaching profession, for developing and inculcating a culture of learning in the country. And because of all of these things being present at once, one finds the systems decay more than the systems improvement. I wonder what your thoughts in relation to that are. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a depressing <laughs> list from Kezo. Um, and of course, there, I mean, there are problems in the teaching profession. There's, there are problems in the schooling system. There are also, you know, schools that that do exceptionally well. There are teachers that that are that do amazing work. Um, and I think that that you know, one, what I always try and remind people that yes, we we we're sitting with a schooling system that has a multitude of problems and the the pandemic has has exacerbated these problems but over the last 15 years very very good data from international testing systems tell us that we have been picking up and it's it's been a pickup that's fairly substantial um i would go as far as saying perhaps we shouldn't even have expected a faster uh, improvement. Now, I know a lot of people will think, well, how can one say that, you know, when, when, when there are still such glaring quality problems in the system? There are, of course, lots of quality problems. But very often these changes, for example, uh, over time in literacy of, uh, of children is, is not very well noticed. But, and that's why we do need to participate in these international testing programs. And they do point to an improvement. We're still right down at the bottom of the list of countries who participate in these programs. But that gap is narrowing. I mean, to, to be very concrete, we were well below Botswana 15 years ago. Currently, we've, or just before the pandemic, we had caught up to Botswana. And I think these are not... Should we uh, have in the first place, uh, changes? Mm. Should we in the first place even be where we were? Never mind the fact that we are catching up. The catching up might also be at a slower rate than which we could otherwise be, given 
the resource spend to education, basic education in particular in the country, when you compare South Africa to typical middle income countries across the world, we far worse than what we could. In other words, the South African rand is not doing the work of a South African rand. It's doing the work of a South African 10 or 20 cents. Whereas in other countries, their spend per rand or per dollar, as the case may be, is far closer to the utopia than it is to the bottom of the barrel. And, and, and that's where I'm engaging South Africa. It is important to benchmark, absolutely. But you benchmark within first in as much as you benchmark outside. And that has to be the question that we have to answer for ourselves. Are we utilizing the resources that we do have in this country for optimal results in the teaching profession? No, I, I, we're not. We clearly are not optimal. In, in and, and we do need to look at whether we are getting value for money mm. because we do spend a lot of money on education. Uh, I think that we, we, we actually do need to look at more closely at how we have been changing the, uh, the, the, the learning proficiency of learners over the past uh, 15 or so years. I, th I think there's been way too little uh, attention paid mm. to that. But then moving forward, we need to acknowledge that there are very obvious gaps in the system and continued improvement is by no means guaranteed. Yes, we may yes. have seen improvements over 15 years. The pandemic has hit us terribly. What happens in the future is could be things could move in any direction. Yeah. And I think what I would emphasize is, is that we have quite stark differences between the secondary and primary levels. I think when you talk about professionalism, etc., the secondary level with its matric exam does seem to enjoy a kind of professionalism that the primary level does not. And yet the primary level is really where foundational skills are established. So I think much of the challenge is to, is to improve and, mm. and strengthen interventions at the primary level, professionalize that level of the uh, of, 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 of the teaching profession and of the schooling system. And even said, and I might even add that even before primary, because there are stages here, the ECD centers, which have been hit terribly hard by the pandemic, they are crying foul that the money simply is not going to them in the way that it was before pandemic, and they actually require if truth be told, more money now in the pandemic than in previous pandemics. So there are some serious systemic challenges here. But for want Absolutely. of not having a dialogue just between the two of us, I do wish to invite our listeners to please participate at Songhez on Twitter. I will ask a couple of questions, Linda. Guess where your question is coming up. Let's go to the callers who are dialing us on Johannesburg, 714-2006. Of course, the voice note facility is available on WhatsApp. 0614-104-107. Let's go to Jan in KZN. First time caller. Thank you so much for calling, Jan. <laughs> Hi there. Hello. Good evening. Indeed, um, you are an Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, I'm calling because I'm, I'm passionate about education. Yes. And um, I come from a long line of teachers. My daughter's a teacher. And um, I was just listening to your, to your show. Um, and, and, and something that's really sort of been on my heart is um, in, you know how in the, in the, in the medical um, world, students do their, their, their studies at, at, at university 
and then they go and they work a year as a, uh, in community service. And I was just wondering, wouldn't it help our education system if students coming out of university had to do a year of community service in education? Interesting question. Hold on to that because um, I do want Martin's response, especially when I just couple it with a question which speaks similar lines to that of yours there, Jen. Linda Keswa says, do we have structures and mentorship programs to ease the graduate teachers into the system and lessen the blow from the exodus of experienced teachers? So just tied this question up to that of Jan. Thank you so much, Jan, for your question. Much appreciated. This is the first of many calls, of course, and we do look forward to those other calls. Staying in KZN, we go to Mike. Mike, good evening. Evening, Sengesha. Your guests, your team, and all the listeners. Yes, Mike. I'm reporting from Durban Durban's polluted and wrecked beachfront. Your question. Sengesha, I hope your guests can comment on what I'm going to say. Yeah. I, I did this. I was responsible for all the safe lighting installations in three high-tech uh, teachers' training colleges in the early 1980s. One in Nishawi, one is in Pumalanga next to Hammersdale, and the other one on the hill overlooking uh, Komashu. They were all closed down, shut down. They don't exist today. And we're crying out for <laughs> good education. And it was announced a couple of weeks ago that uh, the budget for 2022 in KwaZulu-Natal, they're going to have to reduce the teacher complement by about 2,000 teachers. Mike, are you done? I, I just can't hear you. Are you done, is the question. That can I'm you asking. hear me loud and clear? We can. I'm asking if you are done, Mike. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's go to Mike at Kobo Kobo in the Eastern Cape, formerly Case Kamahook. Mike, good evening. Thank you for calling. Hello, Songeza. How are you? I'm well, sir. Go for it, please. Okay. In fact, our problem comes stem from the closure of uh, training colleges by Kada Asmal and the Baking government. If there was training colleges, we won't have problem of teachers. Therefore, the best thing is to reopen the training colleges and then they'll reach train teachers. This is 21st century. century. They are no more going to use the old system, the Bantu system. At least, there'll be com- computerized teaching so that at, uh, at training so that the teachers will be well advanced. And then primary school and then kinder, uh, this is what you call them, R and grade, all the levels will know something before they even go to high school. That is my contribution. Fantastic. Much appreciated. Let's. Are there any voice notes? Not at this point. We will return to them. Do you want to respond to some of the comments that have been coming through from our listeners, Martin? Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, the first, the first comment, uh, I think it, it, it relates to this whole question of how equitably teachers are distributed across the system. And and, 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 and the analysis that myself and others have done show that there's a, you know, there's a kind of recycling within social kind of strata and classes in South Africa. So middle class, uh, uh, 
matriculants who go and become teachers. They go back into middle-class schools and working-class youth. They go back into working-class schools. So there's there's not that kind of mixing that one may want. And and certainly having a a kind of community service here would be one way of mixing uh, teachers. But there are other ways of doing that as well. But I think what is uh, under discussed, I think, in, in, in our system is this, just this question of, of where teachers go and are we just reproducing inequalities uh, by not having enough kind of movement across uh, the system. And these, these, these uh, movements are, of course, uh, often restricted in terms of, of class, but even in terms of language and region. So there are certain regions in South Africa that want people from that local area there's some good reasons for that, but there's also some advantage in having people moving across the country. And Botswana does this. Botswana moves uh, young teachers almost, you know, at random across the country, and it can have advantages in terms of nation building and the exposure that both teachers and learners have. Of each other. This sounds like that um, redeployment strategy that was very much protested against in the late 90s. Well, that was a, I, yeah, it was a, that was quite long ago, and I think that was a very specific context where inequalities across, you know, former white schools, black schools, colored schools, etc., had to be uh, uh, dealt with. Uh, I think we're in a different context now. Um, Are we really? But as I said, I mean. Well, <laughs> we we would have liked to have moved further. Have but, we? Um, but no, I mean we we're not where the schooling system is not where it was in in, in the 1990s. I, I, I would argue there there, there are many uh, things that have changed, but uh, but there are also things that have not changed, um, and one of them is 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 this where teachers go uh, to teach. Sure. Um, on, I mean, on, on the uh, the two callers uh, referring to the uh, teacher colleges, uh, this is a common theme in, in our education policy debates. You know, why did we close the colleges? We need the colleges to open again. I, you know, I, I, this is not something I've studied in depth, but I think it is worth uh, noting that. Um, where we have data on teacher quality and teacher subject knowledge, uh, we, we can see that the younger teachers who are coming out of university actually have better uh, subject knowledge than older teachers who came out of the college system. So I don't think it's as, it's as straightforward as saying that, you know, the college system was better or, uh, you know, we, we need to resuscitate it. They, 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 they appear to have been distinct advantages with uh, moving teacher training to universities. Uh, of course, it would. Of course, in in this context where we are going to be dealing with a teacher shortfall and where universities may not cope with the uh, rising demand for teachers, certainly. I mean, other other routes, um, not, perhaps colleges, perhaps the the universities such as University in Pumalanga, which focuses very strongly on uh, on, on on teacher training. 
those those institutions uh, could become far more important. But, um, okay, let's listen to a couple of voice notes. I do want to return to the question that Mike raised of treated teacher training colleges. There was a major win. I remember Masibulele just outside Whittlesea or in Whittlesea. It was where the people were. The costs associated with what was tertiary at the time were far, far lower than what they are now. And the fact that they could do practicals in the very communities from which they come so as to become role models where role models are needed in the communities that they're most familiar with, therefore cycling and recycling of teachers and producing teachers became a self-fulfilling prophecy. I do want to respond to Mike a little deeper because I think there might be an issue. If we talked about police, for instance, police officers, traditionalists would say the closure of training colleges or police colleges is an issue. Same thing for nursing. There's truth there. Let's take a couple of voice notes before we return to you, Mike. Martin. Sorry. Good evening, Songezo. You are concerned about the undersupply of educators in the future. But let me tell you, my brother, I'm concerned about the oversupply of educators currently. And these people who are entering the job market of education now, they are not necessarily educators. They just did their degrees, but unfortunately, because they cannot find a job, they opt to do the PGC and they become educators. Mashishin Wamlanga, thanks. Hello, Putsongezo. It's Chamber here from Deben. My issue is that the Department of Education is being not taken by serious by the government, by the ministers, by everyone who are involved in the in the development of, of, of education because I think we need to invest more in the education system but unfortunately we're investing less in that side because we have many young people who are graduates who have degrees who have diplomas in in the education but they are not part of the system because the department cannot employ them because there is shortage uh, there is shortage of money or whatever but the issue is if the government can take the department of education very seriously invest more in education we'll see we have many teachers who are not part of the system because of many various challenges that the government put in place. And I think that ties with your point in relation to factors influencing class sizes there where you say, firstly, through policy distributes, uh, sorry, though policy distributes teaching posts equitably, not all posts are filled all the time. Historically disadvantaged schools have the greatest difficulty therefore filling posts. Therefore, there is a supply of what is required, it's just not getting to where it is required in the time within which it should. Martin? Yeah. Um, yes, this is, this is an argument one hears, that, that, that there are unemployed, uh, qualified teachers who would, who would like to work. Um, I, I, mean, I have no doubt that, that they exist. I wish there was better data on this, but uh, certainly the data that we have uh, indicate that this is not this is this is certainly not a large problem. Um, I would I would estimate that that at least ninety percent of current uh, 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 graduates are getting work. They may not get it immediately. They may they may actually have to wait some months or maybe even a year before they find something. Um, I think one also needs to one needs to also look at this question of of um, kind of the the teachers not finding jobs uh, in terms of where they are looking for for work. Um, what seems to be the case is that 
that that that you know if you're if you're in Johannesburg, you want to work somewhere in Kauteng. You don't want to go to northern KwaZulu Natal, even if there's a vacancy there. So I think part of the issue is this, you know, is, is just preference, and people have the, the, the teachers have the right to prefer certain uh, working in certain parts of the country. Um, I think one also needs to acknowledge that the uh, the teacher hiring system is is very very provincialized in South Africa. So if I'm a if I'm an unemployed teacher in Kauteng and I want to know what's available across the country, it's very very difficult to find that information because these vacancy circulars tend to move around specific provinces or even parts of provinces, and I think that is a part of the the the, the reason why some teachers are, are, are not finding work. And of course, there are those who have to go through the unions to find work. And by that, I mean envelopes. It's okay. not something that can be dismissed. I, I don't say this tongue-in-cheek at all. I'm quite deliberate in what I'm saying. There's a former yeah. member of parliament whose wife was seriously involved to that extent in Port Elizabeth, where unions have hijacked the system. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there was the, the of course, the, the, I think it was the 2017 uh, cash for, 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 for posts uh, report. Um, the, this, this is a, a, a problem. It is a problem in the system. Um, what, what I have heard anecdotally from people who, uh, who are working with, uh, the training of teachers is that this problem has actually uh, declined, at least in, in those provinces where 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 I, where I have this evidence. Um, I think that this uh, report from a few years back did uh, put the spotlight on this problem. I'm sure the problem is still there, and it's probably there more in certain parts of the country than others. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't think that we can say that this is a, a, a problem that exists across the entire system. Very well. Final comments then. Here we are seized with a catastrophe. The rest of the world is not moving with us on that. It has moved on. For instance, the Nordic countries, Sweden in particular, they've got a very different concept to education setup. Their teachers are well regarded, well paid, well looked after. In South Africa, it's a very different story. I sign off by just reading a message from one of our listeners who says, and this is something specifically I identify with. David Indenza says, in the olden days, teaching used to be an interesting and loved career. But now, under this government, it's no longer interesting. The only thing they worry about is quantity other than quality. Come next year, they'll be telling us about how many passed and failed. The noble profession of teaching. If you are a teacher, you had standing in society. That has gone. And with that, so many values of and about that profession. Final comment. Yes, uh, well, I'm, I, as a former teacher, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of, I like the, the romantic notion of, of, of teaching, um, you know, you, you, you're building the next generation, etc. Um, and yeah, I mean, certainly there's, there's, there's room for uh, a more romantic and more idealistic uh, uh, 
teaching profession, absolutely. Let's leave it there. Thank you so much then, Mr. Martin Gustafsson, education economist at Stellenbosch University. A teacher retirement wave is about to hit South Africa. These are some of the challenges then that have given us this major challenge that could soon in 2040 find us with a serious challenge in South Africa's classrooms. 2044, short ad break after which we move on to talk about, what are we talking about? Okay, so it's your lesson next. Then we're talking about recognizing the unpaid and unseen labor of women, a conversation with Yoli Sashuku.